Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's going on, you guys? It's your host, Will, coming back for another episode Field Note Friday's Hunt Stand Podcast, powered by Matthew's Archery, elevating the archery experience. So, so far, we've had quite a few good talks with our guy, Corbin Williams. And on this next episode of this six-part series on Field Note Fridays, we're going to be talking about having the right arrow to shoot out of your bow. We want to make sure you're selecting the right arrow and not throwing Lincoln logs downrange because just really doesn't work out that great. So Corbin is just gonna bring some simple knowledge that is backed by his many years of experience of shooting bows, working on bows, and doing anything and everything between with archery. So Corbin's gonna bring that to y'all so that way if you're kind of in the that weird zone where you're looking for the right arrow, you, you're going down wormholes on YouTube and social media trying to figure out what's the best arrow weight for your draw length, your bow, and going down this insane dark rabbit hole with all that you don't need to do that because corbin is going to help you make that decision right now so i'm a quick blamberin and here's our guy corbin williams so for the next segment let's talk about how important it is to have the right arrows because again this kind of falls in line with uh setting that base because if you don't have the right arrow what are those problems that they can run into corbin so we talked about all that fun stuff and I am, I am absurdly particular about arrows. Um, I have guys that don't quite understand the importance of having the right arrow for your bow and understanding that it's p- specific to each bows. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with uh, each bow. So like right now, let's say I have a phase four. Anybody shooting a phase four, they like a weaker spine than you would typically expect for a bow right now. 
So like my bow is a 29 and a half inch bow. It's at 70, like right at 70 pounds. I think mine's like 69.7 or something. Yeah. And normally like anybody that's been around that actually understands fine, which we'll break down in a second, normally would say, Hey, you need a 300 spine. And I normally would tell customers, let's start with a 300 before we tune it all the way and see how it flies. Well, in phase fours, they like a weaker spine. So specific to how that cam's reacting out of that specific bow. So my arrows right now, the best I have tuning in a, in a bear shaft is going to be a 340. So, um, so when we look at arrows, the spine is the amount of, I'm just going to say the amount of flex that an arrow has and its ability to recover after having all that energy placed into it. And in too much flex, an arrow cannot recover and may and it won't be as efficient and too stiff there's not enough forgiveness in it for the veins to take over yeah and so when we're tuning those bows um you know if you're in a bind run into the local store grab it whatever arrows there are and go shoot you know whatever you have within a certain distance free side in when you're really really tuning a bow you have to find the right spine we want just enough flex well okay so you have a 300 and your spine and your arrow to me is appearing a little bit stiff. You can make adjustments to it if you use the right components. So we can add weight to the rear or we can add weight to the front to make it slightly weaker. You know, you can add weight to the rear, which is going to make it slightly stiffer. Um, but when we look at that, that's, it is, it is so important. You'll never have a bow tuned perfectly and be as forgiving as it can be if the arrows are not flexing correctly with that spine. And so right now, like there's a big trend to have this absurd, which we've talked about that in previous podcasts, but uh, absurd <laughs> amount of FOC. Yes. And, you know, to each, to each their own, but like, you've got to understand how it impacts the flight of the arrow and this flex of the arrow. Like you can't go throw 75 grains up front and not expect it to adjust the flex of an arrow. If your arrow was, was cut too long and you add it to it, even though you were tuned previously and you go add another 75 grains to the front, you're probably going to get a weak tear. You're probably going to see a weak impact of the arrow. You're not going to be as forgiving as it was previously. And guys like to blame it on themselves or how they're shooting or the tune of the bow, but you're not going to tune a bow without the right arrow. You can move your arrow rest out and everything else to make up for it, which as we talk about that, um, this is going a little bit more in depth, but as we look at this flex of the arrow, there's a lot of bows in the market right now that allow you to move your cams in and out. You know, yeah. Matthews has top hats, whatever else yep. that in, in all, honestly, sometimes that's to make up for some crappy limb deflection. But what I've seen people using it for is to make up for a crappy arrow selection in their spine. Um, I, I love to have center shot everything. And if my arrow is not tuning the center shot, then I'm going to adjust my arrow spine until it matches what the bow is wanting to shoot it. I don't want to have to move my cams all the way to the left or the right. Mm -hmm. um, like minuscule, very slight, small adjustments with top hats or movements. That's okay. Like I get it. But when you're having to move your cam a quarter inch to the right, it's your spine. That's a it's lot. Period. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, when you're slamming a top hat or you're moving, I had a bow come in, a guy drove into Colorado from Colorado, he couldn't get his bow tech to tune. And, you know, we got to the point where we had to, he did not want to change arrows. And I was explaining to him like, Hey, I just built this arrow. Let's shoot it. We got it perfectly paper tuned and center shotted right off the bat because the spine was right. Well, to keep his same arrows that were way too weak for a bow that was peaking at 73 pounds at like a 30 inch draw length, 
I had to move his cam all the way out, like where it was, I didn't even feel comfortable with it. Whereas we could have stayed center shotted if we had used a right spine and everything would have been center and in balance. Mm -hmm. And so spine is that big of a deal. It's huge. With, with talking about the, the spine, talk about weight, you know, uh, a lot of people look at spine and it's, it's, I feel like a lot of people don't (laughs) take that as as important because they're overlooking it and they're like, man, I got to have a 600 grain arrow or I want to have a 350 grain arrow, you know, talk about where that sweet spot is that you have seen over the years. Um, I am a big, like 470, 480 total weight arrow individual, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, listen to some aerospace engineers that work for one of the broad, uh, for one of the arrow companies. And they broke down, like just like where you kind of want your FOC for the veins to take over, which is going to be in that 13 to 15% range. It doesn't have to be crazy, but it allows your veins to take over the flight of the arrow. So that 460 range, like my specific arrows are uh, like four, four, I think 478 ish. Yeah. And I've got a, a 50 grain insert outsert, a hundred grain head on them. Um, and they fly phenomenal. I'm pretty dang accurate to like a 121 with a hunting bow. And I'm not, the Levi Morgans are inside of the world. Like I'm just a hunter. I like to shoot and my bow, my, that arrow is the right weight to get distance. And I've killed two elk now with that same setup. Um, but I can hunt whitetail or, or, or go on a Arizona mule deer hunt where I may have to shoot 90 yards. Um, but you want the exact right amount of weight that uh, in our, on our website and you probably have it on y'all's too. There's a kinetic energy formula where you can take your arrow weight and the speed of your arrow and get the amount of kinetic energy coming out that, that the arrow's making. And we're weird in archery and we say it's a kinetic energy, but it's actually momentum that matters in that. Like what, what, once we hit, how, how well does the arrow keep going after it makes impact? And you can play with that formula. Like you can take your arrow to find your perfect arrow weight that gets the amount of distance you want and has the amount of kinetic energy you want by that by playing with that formula like okay i'm gonna shoot this arrow and okay so i was shooting 289 with my 486 grain arrow but i went to a 520 grain arrow and now i'm only shooting 260 and so my kinetic energy actually didn't increase by increasing the weight of the arrow Mm -hmm. it actually brought it down because the speed came down okay well i wound up being at 460 i got more kinetic energy because the speed came up and you have to look and like just find the happy medium of where it needs to be for what you're hunting. We have a guy headed for Cape Buffalo this week that we just set up his arrows. We're shooting an 1100 grain arrow with a 300 grain head up front. And, but his shots are limited. He's like, you know, 20, 30 yards would be absolute max for him. They're wanting to be in that 17 yard range. So we have three pins on his site. Yeah. It's going to hit hard, but he would never use that to come hunt whitetail with us. Like, Hey, yeah. cause we, they're moving around so much. You don't have as much forgiveness in the arrow. Um, now it's going to kill, but a Cape Buffalo, like he's going to get a pass through on a Cape Buffalo. Um, but limited distance, it's specific to that, that animal, but for that 480 range, 470 range on a, a average setup, let's say 28, 70 pounds, that 480, 470 range will blast through any animal in North America. I'm not going to say to go shoot a big eight inch expandable broadhead and do that, but like any fixed blade will blast through anything they want to shoot in that range. Now, when you're, when you're talking about this arrow weight, I think 
one of the things to kind of keep in mind for listeners out there too is you're kind of that standard average 29 inch draw 70 pound draw mm-hmm. weight that you're kind of talking about there aren't you yeah yeah exactly i am and as that draw weight goes down obviously you need to start looking at maybe i don't know we set a bunch of guys up in like 27 inch draw length 70 pounds we don't start worrying about the arrow weight being increased until i see a poundage decrease um and that's in most like men's draw links or male draw links um on average so let's say that 26 and a half to that 28 inch draw link and if you're shooting a 50 pound bow i'm going to start looking at it more like a recurve than i am a compound like i'm going to go a little bit heavier i'm going to tell you you know big cut on top contact broadhead we like we may be in that 480 range with a shorter draw length uh slower slower bow because the poundage is lower um than what i have um so you're cutting an arrow you have to add more weight to make the arrow hit that weight because you're cutting it down shorter but like on amy's bow um my wife has killed a bunch of animals and this year i went too heavy with her arrow and the reason i'm saying that is she's a 25 inch draw length 50 pound bow i went too heavy with her arrows i was like 440 um and what was happening is if, if she shot her 20 yard pin at 23 yards, it was way off. Um, there wasn't enough forgiveness in that. So we actually had to go back and lower her weight of her arrow to where we were seeing a little bit more where she could get more shots with her 20 yard pin because the difference between 20 and 30, I forgot how many inches, but it was absurd when she was shooting that 430 grain arrow. Um, and so that's one thing I tell people, like even as your drawing and your poundage goes down, you need to see like, how much you have to adjust your sight or how much you can, can you pin gap 20 to 30? And even with Amy's bow, like me pin gapping, know what I'm doing. I, it was too far off. So I wanted to close her pin gap. So I went lower weight and she still got passed through on all like four animals she killed this year. Um, and, and so I went heavier, but it was a mistake. I had to drop down. I think we wound up being a three something. I forgot exactly where it was. Um, and we, she did great. But that 440 was too heavy for her because we had too min too close of pin gaps. Yeah. Now if that makes sense. No, perfect sense. You know, and and I think kind of one of the things to think about out there too, like for some of these guys that might be like, man, my arrow's too heavy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk about arrow length because I think there's um potential that, you know, guys are looking at, man, I just spent, you know, a couple hundred dollars on some custom arrows, having everything set up. And let's say whoever set them up for them, you know, broadhead sitting a little too far out in front of the riser. Have you been able to take guys like that and help them out by, you know, popping that insert out by not weakening the arrow shaft and cutting back to help them, you know, lose an extra 15 to let's say 25 grains, depending on what the arrow is. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like we, and I'll tell everybody, like uh, my old school guys don't really like it, but we cut into our burger hole. Like that spot we were talking about leveling. Like I cut my broadheads sit in the riser. You're protected. Um, that's where I personally do it. You know, mm-hmm. everybody teach their own, but we had customers, I've had customers, their arrows are too long. And we, we can, I, I, a lot of times I cut from the back just because it's easier than taking out the inserts. A lot of people out there, they use like a super glue type insert instead yeah. of using a rubber, a rubber bound one. And you can't take that out. Like it's nearly impossible without damaging the arrows, yeah. um, especially that carbon gets too hot. Yes. Um, and so if there's a rubber, like we use rubber, like a rubber based um, glue, that, that's, that's an impact type glue. And so it, when you heat it up, you can heat up the fill point and pop the insert out and then you can cut it down. And so I'll test that on the customer's arrows that are a little bit too long. 
And if it doesn't pop out, I'll cut from the back and revein. Um, you still get limited there, but that, that's our goal usually because you can cut off the back um, easier if the fill points or the inserts don't pull out. That's a really good thing to think about too. So just all those guys are like, man, I don't want to spend another 200, you know, whatever it is to get arrows redone. So yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Anybody having those issues, go see Corbin on that. <laughs> all right, y'all. There you go. Corbin brought y'all some knowledge to help you be better informed for your next arrow selection. Hopefully you'll be able to take from this and get that right arrow to zip through animals like butter, depending on what your setup is. I myself, I've got the phase four 33 setup. I'm shooting some blood sport evidence, the arrows that I have gone and done some fletching myself, did four vein configuration on that with some AAE hybrid 26s. And total arrow weight that I'm looking at on these arrows right now, it's about 520. It's a little bit heavier than what I expected. So I've been shooting it quite a bit and I'm actually really liking how the bow is spitting those arrows out getting great flights and even did a really cool ballistic gel block test with a broadhead got some really cool footage from that from the most recent video if you haven't seen on youtube we did a matthews bow build of a phase 433 got two more coming at y'all soon so make sure if you haven't yet head over to our youtube channel i'll drop the link down in the description below if you haven't make sure you got the huntstein app downloaded we got free pro pro whitetail upgrade today and unlock all the features of huntstein we want to thank all y'all for tuning in this week's episode of Hunt Stand Podcast, Field Note Fridays, powered by Matthews Archery, and we'll see you on the next one.